punk rock I'm telling you. Bell Boys Street Fight. You a prize fighter. Don't be a damn fool. Hey, you don't own me. Take it easy, Tommy. You don't own me. What's wrong with you? Take it easy. Nobody does. I want my respect. Come and get it. you ready to talk fantasy football? Then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Burke. Yes, that clip was from Rocky Five. That was Tommy Gunn going out into the alley to fight Rocky because he's sick of being his puppet and he wants his respect. And my partner, Scott, I'm coming for my respect. I'm coming at you this week. I'm attacking you DFS style. It's about time you admitted I'm the Rocky Balboa of this show, so that's good to know, my friend. Uh, you know, Come attack, come fire away, do what you got to do, DFS. My friend, the pupil, you want to try to learn from the teacher and yes. surpass the teacher, feel free to do so, my friend. Give it your best shot. I wanted to go Miyagi and Danielson, Scott, but uh, there's really no uh, no Daniel fighting Miyagi, right? I mean, it really doesn't happen, but Tommy Gunn came to mind. I'm coming for you. Uh, folks, we're sorry that we did not have a podcast this week on on our usual spot on Tuesday. The reason we didn't have it is I had to go away for work. I got to go to Atlantic City a little bit, Scott. I played some cards. I won a little bit of money, and I am refreshed and replenished with a plethora of DFS knowledge to finally challenge you in week eight on your DFS lineups. Yeah, I just hope you finally actually put that lineup up. You've been talking for weeks how you're going to put a lineup up against me, and yet we've yet to see it. So hopefully we'll see it this week on the website where we can go head-to-head see how see how you match up against me. But, uh, yeah, you know, hope you enjoyed your time away. We had a day off. We apologize for that, folks. But, you know, we, we stay active on Twitter and stuff like that. But we're back here for the Week 8 edition, the preview edition of the um, Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. And, Scott, before we get to quarter one, you said head-to-head. How about that headshot on Joe Flacco? Uh, that headshot, uh, it's, I uh, got the Twitter world uh, up in a tizzy, my friend. And, uh, you know, I think both you and I have feelings on it. That's a legal hit. It's a brutal hit. I mean, I watched the replay a hundred times and I really felt bad for Flacco getting hit on that. But I, I, in agreement that it is a legal hit, it's just really bad timing. And we made a last minute decision to slide. Uh, Scott, I'm watching it live. And I'm, I'm sick of hearing this. We've gone too much in the reverse. This is a brutal sport. Kiko Alonso is like 6'2", 250, 240 pounds, whatever he is. He is running full speed to try to tackle, tackle Joe Flacco. And I remember saying live, Scott, while he's doing that, you know, a split second, I go, why hasn't he slid yet? That's the first thing that came to my mind. Alonso went to hit him. He ducked as Alonzo had started his hit, and he unfortunately got a hit in the head. But not all hits that are brutal, Scott, have intent. There was no intent there to injure him whatsoever. It's just an unfortunate hit. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you got to look at it from the other side. If if Alonzo lets up there, Flacco knows where the first down marker is in that play, folks. If you haven't seen the play, 100%. Flacco runs, yep. gives himself up about he gives himself up very late, maybe two or three yards away from the first down marker. But he sees Alonzo coming. That's why he's giving himself up. If Alonzo lets up any bit. You're given the first down, and yes, the hit looked brutal. But if you watch it, he hit him with the shoulder. I mean, he did not. He did not hit him with the helmet. He hit his shoulder into the helmet because that's because Flacco's going down. And again, brutal hit. I feel for Joe Flacco. I hope he's all right. I hope he gets you know gets back on the field. When you watch it real time, it's brutal. But you know, I know they're protecting the quarterbacks. But what what are these defenders supposed to do if he lets up? Then you give it up to three, four yards, and you get the first down. And you know, then he's being crucified on his end for not you know going full speed. So it's it, it's you know, it, it's just a tough situation to be in. It's a bad hit, brutal hit, but it's a legal hit in my opinion. Totally agree. Scott, get to quarter one. All right, my partner, here we go. So while I was away here for three days, I had a chance after my massive poker winnings in which people chased me out of the casino begging to know if I bluffed them. And by the way, Scott, I did. I decided to sit down and really put together a sheet, a cheat sheet analyzing DraftKings this week. You are the one. You've won thousands of dollars on DraftKings. You've been doing this for years. I'm relatively new to it. I try to do it here or there. Couple things here, maybe a 50-50, but I'm diving full in. I'm going in this week. I'm going with multiple lineups, and I am going to break down this DraftKings, and I want you to criticize me like Rocky criticizes Tommy Gunn. Are you ready? Ready as I'm ever going to be, my friend. All right, a couple things here. First, tell me if I'm wrong. You start with $50,000, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Now I'm just talking about I'm, I'm I have plays here for the millionaire maker. Okay, that's what I'm going with. So I'm not going to have Thursday night games. I'm not going to have the Sunday night game. No Monday night slate. Right? That's what you call it. A slate. That's what you call it. You right. call you call it a slate. Yes. Okay. Right. Now next one. 
Scott, I'm going to mention cash and GPP plays, which of course is guaranteed price pull, right? And how, how many weeks did it take you to figure that out? Uh, just about uh, ten minutes ago. And now, <laughs> now, and I'm and I'm going under the assumption, Scott, and I think this is true. If I get 150 points, man, right? That's probably pretty good for cashing. Yeah, and a, and a GPP on a, uh, 150 points on a non-abnormal week, you should be. You should be cashing comfortably okay. with 150 points. Okay, and that's why I'm going to go with 3x value because I'm going to say, Scott, that all my players should get 3x value. That's what I want, right? Because if you start $50,000, you multiply by three, talking about 150 points. So here we go. Scott, I've divided it into positions and I have themes. You ready for this? Here we go. QB theme, Scott. QB theme for DFS Week 8 DraftKings is can't be wrong. You got it? I got it. Can't be wrong. Here's why. I don't think there's a way, Scott, that you're going to be able to do well in GPPs or even in cash if you have a bad quarterback. Quarterback is an area that even if you're going to punt, you still have to get production. So if you're going to punt, you have to punt with value. Here are my plays for the week. Of course, death, death taxes and Tom Brady. Fine. The Pats have it rolling at home. It's West Coast, right? You got the Chargers coming East Coast from the West Coast for 1 p.m. start. Obviously, Brady is safe as they come, but there. He's 7.6. So he's going to be a little expensive. Next up, Carson Wentz, 7.2. On average, Scott, the Niners give up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks per game. Coming West Coast, going to East Coast for, for a 1 p.m. game. Wentz is also really safe. Here's a sneaky one. Russell Wilson, he's at 6.5, Scott. How many TD passes do you think Russell Wilson has in his last four games? Um, I don't know. Let's go with seven. Oh, he's got 10, my friend. The Houston defense, no Watt, no Merciless. I think Russell Wilson's a pretty good play. Houston gave up 35 fantasy points, Scott, to Tom Brady, 27 to Alex Smith. And now Watson, I think, is due for some comeuppance. They're coming off a bye. They're going to Seattle. It's a brutal spot. Here are my two plays for the week that I think are great. Tell me what you think. Tyrod Taylor at 5.9. Death taxes and him getting 20 points at home, Tyrod Taylor. Scott, if he's 5.9, and get you 20 fantasy points, man. That's well over 3x, okay? He had 19.8 points versus the Jets in week one. He had 17.8 points versus Denver in week three and 20 points versus Denver last week. I think he's a fantastic play. And then the other one, you can tell me what you think. That's right. Andy Dalton. He's at 5.7, Scott. I think he's the absolute quarterback value play of the week on DFS. The Colts defense. Ready for this? Jared Goff, 318 yards passing allowed. Carson Palmer, 332 yards allowed. Deshaun Kaiser, Scott, had 242 yards against this defense. Russell Wilson, 295. Brian Hoyer, 353. Marcus Mariota, 306. And he's been terrible. And of course, Scott, Blake Bortles, 330. The Colts defense is a slot machine, man. Everyone gets a pull. I think it's a lock for 4X. I think Dalton is a lock for four times value. My only question is, will he be better than Brady or Wentz? Go ahead. Criticize me. Uh, you got you got to hope he's four times value, and I like Dalton is a value play. However, Dalton's going to be the chalk value play for every reason you just mentioned. So when you look at ownership percentage wise, he's going to be that chalk value play. I think when you look at your value plays there, I think the better option with the lower percentage would to make more of an impact is going to be the Tyrod Taylor one mm, for okay. two hundred more, only because I don't think people will look at this matchup against Oakland. Yes, okay. they're going East Coast. Oakland's a better team than Indianapolis. So when you look at it from a value standpoint. I, I like Dalton. He's one of my quarterback plays this week. I've pegged him down, but he's going to be chalk. And I think if you're in that range where you're at 5,700, 5,900, I would lean towards Taylor to make more of an impact because, yeah, I mean, the Colts have been bad, but I could see the Colts, you know, the Bengals put up 31 in this game, but I could see two of them coming on the ground. It's very possible that that happens in this game. So out of the two of them, they're both value plays, but I think the more impact value play to let you do something elsewhere would be Tyrod Taylor. Interesting. Very good. All right. RB theme. Here we go. My theme, Scott, for running back this week in DFS is separating the men from the boys. Okay. Here we go. Here are my only plays. LaShawn McCoy I struggled with. He's 8.7. Now he's safe, Scott, but for him to get 3X is a little questionable. Here's my logic. He had zero TDs before last week. And last week on one of those handoffs I watched on an NFL replay, they tried to give the ball to Mike Tolbert a couple times. So I think he's safe because of the receptions. You get the point for PPR and DraftKings, right? But if you avoided him 
for a higher value play at wide receiver or tight end, I'm fine with it, especially if you play Tyrod. So if you're going to play Tyrod, man, I don't know if you're going to jump on LaShawn McCoy. I mean, there's a limited amount of bills you can have in the lineup, right? It's still hey, I, did, I did that last week. Worked out very well for me last week. Tyrod and McCoy, same lineup. I, I, I think, you know, when a guy's had no touchdowns, he had two last week only because Mike Tolbert got stuffed. I don't know if we're going to go back to him again. I, I'm not sure about that one. But when push comes to shove and I put that lineup up, he may be in there. The one that is an absolute lock, man, is Mark Ingram. He's 7.4. He's a little more expensive than last week, right? But I don't see how you avoid him. They just, you got a Bears team that just gave up 26.1 running back fantasy points to the Ravens without Marshall Yanda. Ingram's his receptions this year, Scott. He's at 5 4 2 4 5 4. He's an automatic play, even with the price increase. Goal line RB. At home against the Bears, I think we're both probably assuming the Saints are going to win this game, which means it could be a positive game script. I like Ingram better than McCoy at 7.4. Yeah, I mean, I could see where you're going with that. I probably would I, I would lean towards McCoy, and then McCoy, I think McCoy I would put on the lineup and pair him up with Dalton. So if you're making multiple lineups, you have Dalton, I pair, him up, pair McCoy up with Dalton. I think Ingram also going to be another chalk play, and, and you know, the, the thing is, the Bears, yeah, they got beat up by the Ravens last week on the ground game. Overall, not terrible against the run. You know, 11th best with runs allowed, 15th best against fantasy running backs. So middle of the pack there. So And you still have Kamara there to cut into some of Ingram's production. Eileen McCoy over Ingram this week, but I could see where you're going with that. But if I'm picking, I'm taking McCoy over Ingram. Hey, Scott, so if you're going cash, right, That you know, you do GPP, you're worried about the ownership percentage. But if I'm doing cash or doing a 50-50, ownership percentage now is important, right? No, not as of course not. In, in okay. a fifty-fifty, especially, it's not as important. So if you if you want to talk fifty-fifty, then by by all means, you know, throw Dalton in there, throw Ingram in there, make your lineup salary. But you know, when I when I when I talk to the people on the, the show here, and I'm giving out my advice, I'm strictly focusing on the GPPs mainly because that's where the big money's at. I mean, listen, if you're playing a fifty-fifty for two dollars and you're getting that four dollars and you're happy with building up multiple, you know, four-dollar winnings, by all means, go for it. I'm trying to get. Help some of the people get those five, six, seven-figure numbers from DraftKings. All right, then let me go along those lines then. So if you paid up for quarterback, here are some better running back values. McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, I think the same person, Scott, at this point because they both catch receptions. I think they're probably good for four or five receptions, right? Neither one of them gets the goal line touches, but I think if you're looking for a decent play at running back, I think they hold value. Another one I like is LeGarrette Blunt this week. San Francisco allows most fantasy points to running backs. Remember the Zeke game from last week? So LeGarrette Blunt's been off people's radar. I would think not a lot of ownership on LeGarrette Blunt, but he could be a decent play, right, at 5.1? No, Blunt's a good play, and I think Blunt will, 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 will be a cause and effect and take away some value from Wentz because this is one of those games where this could be one of those old-school throwback Patriot bludgeoning games with the run game. I mean, I could see Wentz getting one or two touchdowns early, but then kind of just putting it into uh, cruise mode with Blunt, and I think Blunt would you know could, could approach 100 in a score here, so you're looking at a good value with Blunt this week. You know, I think James White's starting to get a little expensive. He's creeped up. He's 4.9, but certainly in the Patriot offense, he's not a terrible play. The one I'm going to disagree with you on is Joe Mixon. He's 4.7. I think that they are messing with your mind. I think Joe Mixon is the guy not to play this week. Here's my here's my rationale. Marvin Lewis is ticked off. There's a rumor on Twitter he's going to be out soon. He was going right back at Mixon. Would it shock you, man, if Jeremy Hill gets goal line touches? I mean, would that be like the craziest thing ever? Because he starts Jeremy Hill every single now, game. Now, listen, nothing nothing shocks me with the Bengals. And, you know, it's mere fact that Marvin Lewis still has a job all these years. You know, <laughs> it, it should tell you this. To begin with, so the rumors are starting to come again. You know, the guy has been with the playoffs now six times, can't win a game. They still can't get over that hump. The way they lose games, the players, that's every, I mean, perfect hitting people, kicking people in the face. Just there's so much goes on in that organization. So, no, nothing would shock me. Listen, I mean, eventually, I think they, you got to let Mixon run and just take over this job. You're going to fall out of the division quick, especially if the Steelers win Sunday night. And, you know, they beat Detroit. They can open up a healthy lead on the Bengals for sure, and they'll have a two-plus game lead on the Ravens with the tiebreaker. So you're falling out of contention fast. Mixon's eventually got to get these touches, and I, hope, I know Mixon owners are hoping. I mean, this week, yeah, it could be fishy. I would lean towards Mixon hopefully getting some more action, but would it shock me if Hill is getting goal line touches for the Bengals? No, it wouldn't. It was, at this point, it wouldn't shock me if Bernard's out there get, catching swing passes yep. from the five. Yeah. That's so, it. that's it. Yep, I agree with you. I, I think he can fall short, Scott, of three X for those very reasons. It's just not reliable. To uh, another one, real quick, Matt Forte. I know he's hurt, but I think Scott, if he plays against the Falcons, who are brutal against pass catching RBs, and Bilal Powell always takes a back seat to, to Forte. I think at four point two, he's reasonable. Here's two more really quick ones. Then tell me what you think. Rob Kelly, Scott. 
He's only 4.1. Dallas defense gave up 164 yards to Denver, 121 yards to the Rams rushing, 128 yards at home to Green Bay. Now you get Rob Kelly. He seems to be healthy. He was involved in the passing game a little bit at the end of that game on Monday night. I think he's a decent play. And we talked about this one off air. Marlon Mack, he's 4.0. Scott, if you're telling me the Bengals are going to win big, which I think, and you probably think also, at least decent. I think Mac will get garbage time points. Remember the first game of the year at the Rams when he had 11.5 in week one? Scott, he gets 11.5. That's almost 3X right there. And he yeah. now no Robert Turbin. I think he's a decent play. What do you think about those guys? I took a shot on Mac last week, both in DFS and in uh, regular season-long leagues because I virtually had no choice in one of my leagues. I was buys, injuries, everything running back. So I sent Mac out. He got me 11 points, which is better than I probably could have expected. Yeah, game flow here. If the Colts are down three touchdowns to the Bengals, Marlon Mack's going to be out there. But if the Colts somehow keep it close and – would it shock you if the Bengals kept the Colts in this game? It wouldn't shock me, but if they did, then, you know, it's it's going to be Gore. Mac will get me out there and get his touches. But, you know, Mac could offer you. Now, look, it's only costing you 4000 so he's going to allow you to load up elsewhere, and he's going to be a difference maker in a GPP if he breaks one off for 60 and a score on a swing pass. So those are the risks you have to take because, you know, when we go over these winning lineups week in and week out, we're lo- looking at guys that, 2%, 3%, the guys you wouldn't play, a la Brian Hoyer and so forth. So Mac is a difference maker candidate for sure. Scott, wide receiver theme. You ready? ADA and a pile of dust. I know you're on the edge of your seat. You want to know what ADA stands for, don't you? Yeah, give it to me. Let's uh, let, let's not, let's not make the people wait any longer for the ADA uh, acronym. What is it, my friend? AJ Green, Doug Baldwin, Amari Cooper. I got Green at eight point six, Baldwin six point nine, Cooper six point six. I am not afraid of Amari Cooper. I think he's turned it around. I think AJ Green against the against the Colts' pass defense is automatic, and Doug Baldwin has really stepped it up. Now he's got Houston at home. I think those three are very very good. Let me throw the other ones at you too. Pierre Garcon on the road six point one. I think he's game script proof. I think he's going to be there if it's close. I think he's going to be there in a blowout. And you know Philly stuffs the run. So if the Niners are going to move the ball, I think Garcon's got to be involved. I like Danny Amendola at 5.7. Listen, if you're going to tell me Cooks at 6.8 or Hogan at 6.5, why not Amendola at 5.7? I know he's got the hyperextended knee, but I think he's going to play practice in full today. Only 56% snap share. Scott could be a little concerning, but with the Patriots, it's so random. Why not take the cheap guy, no? Yeah, yeah. No, I get it, Amendola, but the injury uh, is a little bit of a concern. I think uh, luckily I was able to unload Amendola to you in a trade before the question correct. came yes. on this week. Uh, very, very minor deal. I needed. I'm, this is looking ahead to next week where I need a running back, and yeah, even Ty Montgomery, I need someone to play, so that's where I went. If Amendola is healthy, that's a, that's one of those guys that's worth a shot, low low price range. If he's out there and gets three, four catches, and he breaks one, 40, 50 yards, you get your value there. Uh, one guy I would target looking at in, in game script alone would be Jermaine Curse at 4,800. I think at home, mm, if the Falcons okay. have a little bit of a lead. He's been, you know, if you look at his line, you know, he's been pretty pretty consistent. He's in that salary range of 4,500 to 4,800, and he's giving you 13.8, 11.9, and 9.9 over his last three games. So it's one of those guys that in a game where the Jets could be trailing and McCown has to throw the ball, he's looked Curse's way a lot. Targets have been there. Uh, I could see Jermaine Curse offering you some good value at 4,800. Scott, I like Mohamed Sanu, 4.9. No one schemes to take away Sanu, only Julio. So if you needed somebody to fill in, let's say you were down to your last 5K, you could go there. Scott, if Willie Sneed is not active again, Ted Ginn Jr. at home, death taxes. You know I'm a big fan of his at 4.7. I think he's very realistic to get 12, which would be 3X. Scott, you want to know the play this week at wide receiver? And I'm going to say it right now. And it's another reason I'm not starting LaShawn McCoy. It's Jordan. Oh, Ma- it's Jordan Matthews. Because yeah, Scott, go, I'm jo- going another route. Jordan, yeah. jo- here's the thing: Deont- Deontay Thompson got 100 yards last week. Jordan Matthews is a hundred times better receiver than Deontay Thompson. He's he's the guy that they want to get started. They need a, a, a valuable receiver. He's coming off the broken thumb. He got acclimated. Scott, he's only 3.9. I will tell you this. He will catch a touchdown, just like I said about Nelson Aguilar. And after this week, his value will be up to like 4.9 again. I like him as well. That would be my play at 3.9. So at 3,900, you would take Jordan Matthews over Josh Doxson. Oh, well, good call. My friend, I also have Josh Dotson right below him as well as Brandon LaFell. But yes, I think Jordan Matthews absolutely gets 3x this week 100 uh, percent yeah i mean when it comes out that there i'm going to take Dotson at home against cowboy game where a game where you can expect a lot of points redskins cowboys i would definitely take Dotson for the 3900 you know but again he will probably be one of those very chalky low price plays because people saw he got a touchdown they saw he started over prior 
and they've heard the rumors and the rumblings that he's going to get more and more looks and prior as prior sits on the, you know, the number three receiver on the team. So I like Dotson. However, I'm worried about his ownership percentage in GPP cash games. I think Dotson's extremely safe at 3,900. All right. Tight end theme, Scott, and then a couple defenses and we're done here. Tight end theme, Scott, Costco. Costco. Okay. Do you realize this is, is abnormal to me, but I, I'm going to, I assume you're going to tell me that maybe this happens. Gronk is 7.1. Ertz is 7.0. Scott, the third highest DraftKings tight end is Austin Safarian Jenkins at 4.9. That's quite well, a difference, well, isn't it? Well, this is, this is what happens when we've been talking all year about how thin this position is. And, and you know, I personally have been an advocate. I know you've been along with me for Zach Ertz, and all Zach Ertz has done is produce, and he's now only $100 behind Gronkowski. Give it another week or two. He'll be the highest tight end. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, you know, Jordan Reed, he he can't stay healthy, and when he's out there, he's not out there enough to warrant more than his salary of 4700 Jimmy Graham loses touchdowns to Luke Wilson. You know, Cameron Braid's got to deal with O.J. Howard. You know, and then you got guys on a bye, like Evan Ingram. I think Evan Ingram, if he was playing this week, would be in – the mid five thousand be a fifty five hundred because he's the only game in town for the Giants right now. And then where else are you going? Austin Hooper took no steps forward. Charles Clay is hurt. Tyler Eifert's hurt. You know Hunter Henry is starting to heat up and may eventually get to that third or fourth tier if he keeps getting looks. You know the only and it's crazy too, but the way they have this in order is it's correct because the third most consistent tight end for me over the past few weeks has been Austin Safarian Jenkins. So you know the pricing is right here. It's a huge gap. Which makes it tough because you know I've been paying for Ertz, you know we uh, yeah you've been playing Ertz and now he's at seven thousand but all he's done is produce but he's gone up from week one he was thirty five hundred to week eight he has doubled in salary so you know a big gap there you you have to be confident that these two are going to score in order to invest that kind in your tight end because if not then you can find value elsewhere yeah Scott in fact I'm going to argue to find value here's my thing Gronkowski's expensive. He's very expensive, which means you're going to have to go low on some of the other areas. So if you're going to go for him, he's feast or famine. Either you're going to nail it and have a huge advantage or not. Zach Ertz, Scott, no way I'm punting this week. His receptions the last four games, five, six, two, and five. He has four TDs in his last three games. Is that sustainable? I'm just not paying 7.0 for Zach Ertz, knowing he's probably getting five catches. I know he's been great. He's the best tight end in the real NFL. But for DraftKings on Sunday in a game they could blow out, I don't see how Zach Ertz is going to be a good play at 7.1, 7.0 and getting 21 points back. Austin Safarian Jenkins, same thing you just said. I think he was great at 2.8. I think he's great at 3.2. I don't want him at 4.9, Scott. He's got to score. And if he does, he's probably only scoring once. I just don't like it. I like your guy, Hunter Henry, a heck of a lot better. He's 4.8 and his snap share has gone up from 20% to 80%. So I like him a lot. And one more, you mentioned Jordan Reed, Scott. When the heck was Jordan Reed 4.7? I mean, he's totally healthy at two touchdowns last game. I think Jordan Reed at 4.7 is a much better player. Yeah, but, you know, Vernon Davis still had, what, four or five catches, and Vernon Davis was still out there, too. So now if you think that was just to get Reed healthy, and now he's healthier a week later, Vernon Davis gets faded out more, then you can look at Reed. But, you know, they were chasing points in that game. You know, they were down. They had a, you know, they targeted Reed a lot late. Remember, they were down 17 points in that game when Reed started getting three or four catches, and I think he scored his touchdown or his second touchdown when it was like 34-17. So, Keep that in mind too. That you know that some of that might have been garbage time looks. Graham four point six, I think, is solid. Break gets the targets four point five. I love Jason Witten this week, Scott. I'm not a big fan of his, but Redskins are third worst against tight ends. Dallas has no second receiver. I think Jason Witten is a very safe play for at least ten. Uh, DraftKings points, if not more. You know I like Nick O'Leary. I know he wasn't great last week, but 3.1, Scott's a pretty cheap price for a guy who always gets targeted, at least the position does. Ryan Griffin, 3.1 at Seattle's de- uh, decent. And how about Tyler Croft, Scott? 3.0? I mean, you know. And I was, how, many, how many Bengals are we playing? Are we playing every single Bengal? You we, may. We, it could be we, a big we, Bengal nah, week. Yeah. It, 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 it could be, but it could be a big Bengal ground game week, too. Let's not just assume you know, Dalton's throwing 380 and five touchdowns. Oh, well, you know, yeah, I, but Scott, I, the Colts defense has been pretty good against the run, no? Pretty decent. Not great, yeah. but pretty solid. You know what? There's always that one or two games a week that you just scratch your head about, and maybe that's the game. But the guy I would like for the value and who can definitely hit your – Three times uh, theory, maybe even go four times would be Ryan Griffin, thirty one hundred. The Titans, the, okay. the Seahawks are very, you know, middle of the road against tight ends. Evan Ingram had a nice day. They they, they don't they don't play well against opposing tight ends. And in a game where they'll do all they can to take Hopkins out of the game, which leaves your you know your boy Mister Eight Catch Will Fuller. And then where else is Watson going to go in the passing game? So I think Griffin's in line for one of those six catch games. 
Maybe it gets you 50 yards, and you're looking at 11 points already, and that's more than three times as 3,100. And Scott, when I smoke you on this DFS lineup, when I put it up, I may put O.J. Howard in, Scott. He's only 2.9. He had two touchdowns and 27.8 DraftKings points. I know you don't chase the points. I understand that was great. Scott, cut that in three. Cut that in one-third, nine points. It's still 3x, so I don't think that's too much to ask. Really quick for defense, you know my motto here. It's it's I've said it so many times. There's no place like home. Scott Jets at home 2.2, Washington at home 2.4. The Pats, by the way, have turned a corner 2.4, and the Bills at 2.9. Those are the ones I like. Yeah, I mean, I go opposite of Jets. I think the Falcons on the road. The Falcons are going to win a game. I think the Falcons have to make a statement somewhere, and I think the Falcons have a chance to be a comfortable defensive road play this week. Uh, Thirty one hundred. The defenses are kind of they're kind of tough to really get a gauge on because I mean, you, you look at it on paper. The Eagles will be stacked. No defense is even cracking four thousand this week when you look at it, especially in the you know the main slate with the with the millionaires. So the Eagles thirty eight hundred. They'll be popular. The Bengals will be popular at thirty six hundred. I would stay off the Saints at 3,400. I know people are going to play the Saints, but look, I think the Bears are going to score. I think the Bears will put up 20, 24 points. I don't expect the Saints to score three defensive touchdowns again, so I'd lay off the Saints. You know, the Seahawks at home. The Seahawks haven't been that dominant team at home, but I think, think they'll keep you know, Houston in check. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for taking the shots on those low-tier defenses, but I, the Falcons are due for one of those games where they got to put up some points. I know it's on the road, but... You know what? The three and three now. Then the NFC South is becoming a very tough division. Carolina is playing at four and three. Tampa Bay is going to get better, and the Saints are playing well. So they they need to play better, and I expect a big game from them this week. So I'd lay off the Jets, even though they're you know twenty two hundred. I would not go that route. Folks, you can follow our our lineups. Mine will be in, and Scott's is always in every week. We'll go head to head. We'll make fun of each other. See who is better. I'll tell you this: second road game in a row for the Falcons. Scott, I don't know about that one. Steve Sarkissian with the Jet sweep on fourth and one. That's the guy you're going with. Okay. <laughs> they need the game, my friend. The game is needed. This is a spot. Jets lose a tough one in Miami last week. It may start to turn the other way for the Jets and start to turn upward for the Falcons. It's got to happen at some point for Atlanta. Those are your DFS special picks from Mike Randall, refresher and plenish from Atlantic City. Scott, quarter number two. All right, second quarter, as always, we'll go to NFC home games. I will kick it to you first, Scott. Let's talk about Tampa Bay hosting the Panthers. Very interesting game here. Jameis Winston, three touchdowns in Buffalo last week. Does he keep it going? Yeah, I think he does. I think Jameis Winston keeps the uh, positive vibes going here at home. I think the the Tampa Bay's two and four. Their record is not in, indicative of what this team is, at least on offense. If the defense could ever get it together, they're they're a decent team and a team you can worry about. I think Winston at home against Carolina will keep uh, keep the good times rolling per se. I'd say about two eighty two touchdowns, maybe with that opportunity for that third touchdown. Doug Martin against a tough Panther defense, Scott. Yeah, I think Doug Martin's an RB two this week against the Panther defense. Um, you know, definitely, definitely playable. But I put him in the RB two category. Uh, Evans, of course. Cameron Braid, of course. Feast or famine? Feast or famine? Jackson. What do we got this week? I'm gonna go with the uh, feast. I'm gonna say uh, five catches, eighty yards, a touchdown. Cam Newton, who acts like a, acts like a kindergarten kid when it comes to press conferences on the road against a bad Tampa Bay defense. Yeah, I mean, I, this would scream big game for Cam Newton, but I'm just so tired of trying to read this guy. I mean, you know, one week shows up, two weeks he doesn't. Yeah, I, I just can't with any confidence roll Cam Newton out there on a week-to-week basis. If you want to, I'm going to peg him as a QB, too. I think the matchup looks much better than how he'll perform. Christian McCaffrey, you're starting. Jonathan Stewart, is he alive? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not starting Jonathan Stewart at this point. Um, you know, I need to see him get more involved get more than 30 yards a game, actually try to punch one in from the four-yard line to be relevant from a goal line standpoint. So I'm not starting Jonathan Stewart. McCaffrey, yes. Benjamin take the lead wide receiver rollback? He did, and he does, and he will. Um, he'll be the one for sure. You know, Funches definitely can give you some two value, but, you know, Benjamin's the one, no question in my mind. And last question, either the defenses a play? Um, you know what? If I was going to take a shot in a flyer and you – do this in DFS. I, I would take a shot with Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Newton is turnover prone. You saw the turnovers against Chicago on the road. You know, no one was ranting and raving about the Bears defense. The Bears defense keeps people in games. The Buck defense is bad, but listen, the Saint defense went out had three three touchdowns at home. No reason why Tampa Bay couldn't get you one and sneaky give you 10, 11, 12 points for cheap play. Second game on the NFC docket. We talked about this one a lot through their first quarter there. San Francisco at Philadelphia. Uh, you know, huge line. Philadelphia's a big time favorite in this game. San Francisco now playing for that number one overall pick, I would assume. You know, I'm going to skip CJ Beathard. You're not playing him. Let's go Carlos Hyde. Um, 
you got a feeling that they're trying to trade him, right? Trying to trade him, so they're going to try to showcase him even more. You know, where do you put Carlos Hyde? Can, can, can he get a lot of touches even in the passing game? So as they attempt to maybe move him before this 31st, uh, October 31st trade deadline? You know, I love Matt Burita, Scott, but I don't think they're trading Carlos Hyde. I think they've tried to trade him. I think at this point, I don't see what the benefit is. I don't know if there's really a market out there for Carlos Hyde. Like people are knocking down the door to get him. So I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to be a thorn in the side to, to Matt Burita. And I think this is an Eagles run defense that is the best in the NFL. So I think Carlos Hyde is a sit for me in all formats. And you said you'd play Pierre Garçon. Where do you, where do you put Pierre Garçon at as a wide receiver two? Very confident wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. And your favorite tight end, Mr. Kittle? Not on the road. All right, Eagles, uh, Carson Wentz, you're playing. He's you know pretty much at the top of the game when it comes to quarterbacks this week. And we both agreed earlier we like LeGarrette Blunt from a DFS standpoint. So, I mean, is LeGarrette Blunt had a chance to get RB1 status this week? I currently have him as my RB14, and I want to make an argument to get him to the RB1 level. But if not, that's his worst area. He's in the teens somewhere. Is Nelson Algalore getting closer and closer to taking over the number one receiver role here outside of Zach Ertz? Scott, people always go back to whatever their averages are. Nelson Algalore, I've liked him. I've, I've, I've really touted him the last couple of weeks. Folks, buy Alshon Jeffrey. Al, this team is going to have to throw the ball. They're going to throw it. They got three consecutive home games. If they're going to win, and if the Eagle fans are starting to think about going to the Super Bowl, you can't just put Alshon Jeffrey on the bench. I don't like Alshon Jeffrey, but the hate has gone way too far now. Now I think he's actually a decent play. You may want to trade for him. I think he's solid. I think as he's had the toughest matchups, of course, and I just don't think Nelson Aguilar is going to surpass Alshon Jeffrey. So I think Aguilar is a wide receiver three. And I have Jeffrey this week as a wide receiver two, solid wide receiver two. So you sounded like a little bit avoiding uh, Ertz in DFS. So real life tight end has been the best all year. Does he still crack the top five this week? Oh, no, he does not crack the top five. You're obviously starting him. It's like when Mike Evans had a bad matchup the other week. Scott, I forget who they played. Maybe it was Arizona. You're still going to play him. But Zach Ertz is not getting eight scores here, eight to eight catches. And they're going to be up big in this game. So I think you have to temper expectations for Zach Ertz. I would not be surprised if it's single digits. But of course, he's great. You're going to play him. What are you going to do? Eagles defense, 17 points over under. Ooh, in what format you talking about? In Yahoo? Yeah, let, let's go Yahoo CBS. A little bit under, man. 14-15, little bit under, but I think they're solid. They're, they're a top three play for me this week. All righty. Next one, the Saints hosting the Bears. Very interesting, man. I would say that the average person says Saints blow out the Bears. Bears stink. Mitchell Trubisky, seven passes last week. Here are the Saints. I'm not sure if you agree with that. Let's start with the Bears this time. Obviously, you're not playing Trubisky, but does he play better? And if so, who's the best receiver there? Yeah, the best receiver is really tough for me to figure out. I mean, you want to you want to say Kendall Wright, but he really hasn't done much. I'd still say the best receiver is going to be a combination of the tight end, Zach Miller, and Tariq Cohen out of the backfield because I just I haven't seen enough out of the position elsewhere. Uh, so that would be the route I'd go there. I think Tariq Cohen will probably get six or seven catches. I think Zach Miller will get five or six catches, and you know everything else gets spread around. A Jordan Howard Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I think Tariq Cohen's involved, but I'm still, I still ride Jordan Howard. I think Jordan Howard cracks 100 here. He'll get a touchdown. Tariq Cohen will be right there, but I'm going to put Howard a slight head of Tariq Cohen. All right, moving over to the Saints. Here's the issue. Drew Brees is great at home. He's certainly a start. Mark Ingram, obviously fantastic RB. You're going to start him. Where does Alvin Kamara fall, and is there a receiver besides Michael Thomas that you're going to feel comfortable starting in three wide receiver leagues? I mean, Michael Thomas is questionable, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Ted, the Ted Ginn bandwagon. Um, you know, I've picked him up in a couple of leagues. I, he's going to probably plug him in one or two DFS lineups as well. Thomas, hoping for a bounce back game. I think Kamara fits you in a, in a high RB two category this week. Ingram will be RB one, so they'll both get action. Uh, but yeah, if outside of Thomas, I, Ted Ginn, I would I would play. I mean, Willie Sneed's got to get on the field more, got to get get more involved. I like Ted Ginn. I like Ted Ginn as a High wide receiver three, low wide receiver two this week. All right, and defenses, Saints defense. Scott was great last week. They going to do it again? No, no. I think the Bears are going to score. I think the Bears are going to get 24, 27 points. I think the Saints will do what they do. I think it's a high-scoring game. I you know, I think the line in this game is close to 10, I want to say, 10 or 11 on top of my head. I, I think that gap is that, – that line is right, but I see the Bears putting up points, so I would, I would say no to the Saints defense. All right, next one you're going to get to me, right? What do we got? 
You got it. Seattle hosting Houston. The Deshaun Watson uh, rookie campaign continues. This time goes into the 12th man's building in Seattle. You know, Seattle you know, hasn't been as dominant at home as they've been in the past years. But this is a tough spot for a rookie quarterback to go into. So I'm gonna we'll start on Houston's side. I'm going to guess you are sitting uh, Deshaun Watson this week. I'm, I'm assuming you're not playing him. No, nope, he's not a QB one. Scott only in two QB leagues. I think he gets his comeuppance this week. I just did the uh, just talking with Sam podcast tonight from Detroit, one of my favorite podcasts. I told him comeuppance coming to Deshaun Watson. Running back situation. You're gonna throw Lamar Miller out there as an RB two, or are you worried about this entire Houston offense? <sighs> Uh, uh, I mean, it depends who you have on your bench, man. Here's the thing. Would I start Lamar Miller or Marlon Mack? I would start Marlon Mack. <laughs> there All you right. go. Especially who, in PPR leagues. Who has the better line, Hopkins or Fuller? I think both of them are going to struggle. Fuller is not a high reception guy. He's feast or famine. I will still go with Hopkins. I know he'll have Sherman. I get it. But he's so good. I think he, he's going to get enough targets. And if this game's a blowout, he also gets targets. So I'll go with DeAndre. And you agree with me, Ryan Griffin is playable in this matchup? Yeah, he could be my starting tight end against you in DraftKings. I really like him. I, I think they're going to be down. They're going to have to throw. Uh, they're certainly going to be concentrating on Hopkins, right, and fuller deep. I think Griffin can score, yeah. Give me Russell Wilson's line this week. Russell Wilson, Scott, will have 260-yard passing. He will have two touchdowns. He will have 60 yards rushing and run one end. So three total touchdowns and over 300 combined yards. Sounds like a top five performance from a quarterback this week. Running back, what are we doing? Where are we going? Are we, we, we revisit this every week because we have to because we preview these games, but has anything changed? Or are we just saying, yeah, let's 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 avoid it. You want to play Russian roulette, Scott? I think it's Eddie Lacy, but take that for what it's worth. <laughs> All right. Doug Baldwin finishes as a wide receiver one. Top five wide receiver. Anybody else that you're targeting outside of Baldwin? Does Richardson, Lockett, either one of them? Jimmy Graham, does anybody make an impact outside of Baldwin? Yeah, Jimmy Graham's starting to come around. He should have had two touchdowns last week against the Giants. He only had the one. He even stepped out of bounds on something, too, once. I remember that. So I think Jimmy Graham's a top uh, top 12 tight end play. So sure, he, he's solid. Vintage Seattle at home defensive effort here this week? Yeah, it'll probably be close because running quarterback's always tough. But this is very much like the Colt game, Scott. They'll blow him out in the second half. All right. Uh, how about one of the oldest rivalries in the NFL, Scott? The Cowboys visit the Redskins. Start with Dallas. Dak Prescott, obviously a start. How good is he going to be, though? Top 10? Top 8? Yeah, I'll put Prescott top. Yeah, you know, top 10 sounds about right for Prescott. He could flirt with top 8, but I'll put him at top 10 uh, for Dak this week. Zeke is fine. I got a different question for you. Scott, is Ezekiel Elliott suspended this coming week? Yes or no? Oh, man. Uh, you know, the way this is played out, uh, I, I'm going to lean towards he's going to somehow get a pass play through the rest of this year, and then they're going to address this. I mean, that seems to where the, be where this is headed, you know, with all these injunctions and these appeals and everything. It's just you know we're going into we into week nine next week, so my gut is going to tell me that he's going to somehow be able to play the rest of the year. I hate Des Bryant. He's he's a feast or famine guy for me. Where does he end up, Scott, this week against the Redskins without Josh Norman? Yeah, he's, I, I I put him in the top twelve. I'll put him in maybe ten, eleven, right on that that. Uh, the end of the top 12 there, right? At the, the uh, 10, 11, 12 mark. You with me on Jason Witten? Yeah, I can see Jason Witten having a nice little comfortable game, a five, six catch game, 70 yards, probably gets in, in the end zone. Uh, you know, I could definitely see Witten doing that. This is a big game uh, for either one of these teams. Uh, the losers in a little bit of trouble in this game. Uh, moving over to the Redskins. So, Cousins, you start. Rob Kelly, am I nuts? Yeah, I mean, flex play at most. I wouldn't I wouldn't put categorize, categorize him as an RB2. Chris Thompson's doing too much right now to really bank on Rob Kelly. Game script may change that, but, I mean, Chris Thompson has to be out there. He's becoming a uh, every-week play. Uh, so you like Josh Dotson, best wide receiver there? Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's what I'm going with. My feeling says Dotson steps up and emerges. I mean, Crowder's been non-existent. Pryor's been non-existent. Outside of the two tight ends, who have both, both of them have made plays lately. Reed had a good game last week, like you said. Davis has been consistent the past few weeks, but Dotson from the wide receiver for me. Scott, if Jordan Reed is healthy really quick and he's on that on that field, he is a top three tight end play. That is all there is to it. I've seen the guy way too much. Now he may get knocked out in the second half, but Scott, he's on that that fi- that field. I think he's. I mean, you got him as a tight end one, right? Yeah, no, he's a tight end one. Sure, when he's on the field and healthy, absolutely. I mean, he's he's physically dominant. You know, I don't want to say he's on Gronkowski's level, but he's there. He's, he can do that. He can play like that. He's just got to stay healthy. You know, that's really the big thing with him. All right, finish off the NFC for us. Really interesting game on Sunday night. The Lions hosting the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, interconference game between the NFC and AFC. Um, 
You've been on the Steeler bandwagon a couple weeks now. Are you staying on this bandwagon offensively? Talk to me about Roethlisberger on the road. Yeah, I like Ben. He's still on the road. I think the Lions circle the wagons in this game, man. So to me, this is a 262-1 game for Ben Roethlisberger. So good, but not great. If you don't have any better options, I wouldn't stream against him. But I don't think this is a four-touchdown game for Ben. I don't think they've righted the ship that much yet. Over under 30 carries, 135 yards, Le'Veon Bell. Well, I, I got to go over, but I'm going to say one more thing to you, man. They are clearly, if anyone is paying attention, they're just running Le'Veon Bell into the ground. They don't care. Scott, it is not sustainable for many running backs. I'll go back to Bo Jackson. I'll go back to Earl Campbell. I'll go back to Barry Sanders. Scott, you get 30 carries a game. You are facing injury very, very soon. And Le'Veon Bell has a track record of getting injured. So I would tell you this. If you have Le'Veon Bell, you better go pick up James Conner. Because, Scott, you can't tell me, as a Steeler guy, you can't tell me, man, that you feel comfortable him getting 30 carries every game for the next eight games. I, I mean, that's tough for any running back. You, you know what, though? I mean, he the, the carry numbers are up there. But, yeah, yeah, as a Steeler guy and watch the team, he actually has – his snap share has been lower this year. Uh, Connor's been in more. Terrell Watson's got runs. The thing, he's getting more carries, but if you notice, his receptions are down a little bit. They're not They're not where it used to be. And we know how good D'Angelo Williams was last year when Bell was hurt, and a couple of years when Bell was hurt. But when Bell was healthy, Williams never saw the field. Connor gets three, four carries a game. Watson's getting two or three carries a game. So they are actually you know taking him off the field more than they have in the past but they're just running him more as and they're taking away from the reception portion of it i know what you're saying when you look at the carries but he actually is on the field a little less than he has been in past years i just love to see james Conner. if you're uh, james Conner, if you're a Steeler fan i'd love to see Conner get eight carries that's all i'm saying now i'm not saying i'll go nuts but i'm just saying Le'Veon bell ain't holding up at 35 carries a week scott no way but i don't know many running backs who would i can't name one yeah well we'll, we'll see i mean but he, he's been able to do it so far i think you know as Ben gets a little more, uh, you know, his accuracy back and he gets, you know, his numbers back up. The 30 carries may drop down to 25, 24, something like that. But right now they're riding him because he's, he's producing. The offensive line has been fantastic. They're finding the holes. He's waiting for the holes. So be it. So he's getting those touches. But I, I, I see what you're saying. Going into the season, I was confident that he was going to be re-signed. I'm not as confident anymore. So we'll see. I know they like Connor. They like, you know, they, they drafted him for a reason. They like the kid out there. So I'm not saying he's 100% locked to be a Steeler next year, so I kind of see your point. But let's you know get away from the running backs, go to wide receiver. Antonio Brown is gold. We know about that. Your favorite guy causing more ruckus. You didn't get a chance to talk about it Monday night. I want to give you I want to give you 30 seconds to talk about it now. First off, do you know who stole Juju Smith-Schuster's bike? Was it Martavis Bryant? I'm not sure. But Martavis Bryant, scout team demoted after his Instagram flare-up. Most likely will not play Sunday inactive. So I'll give you a second to talk about him and then tell me what you think about Smith Schuster this week. I think Smith Schuster's a wide receiver three. I put out a tweet, I won. And I did win, Scott. And I, I say when I'm wrong and I'm going to say when I'm right. I had a nice beverage, which I sent you a picture of, and it was honor of Martavis Bryant. No NFL player in the history of the sport has come back from two drug suspensions and been a positive contributor. The idea that this guy was some freak athlete that was just as good as Randy Mars was, was a joke. He had the one between the legs catch. He had a nice run when he started out, but he was a product of the system. Scott, he's going to go somewhere else and he's going to bomb out. We have heard the last of Martavis Bryant. He is done. Juju Smith-Schuster's fine. He's okay. But yes, I did enjoy that one myself only because that's what the number said. And that's the way it is. And he's, I'm sorry, he's just not good enough. Talk about wrecking a perfect situation, man. He's on the Steelers. One of the best offenses in the sport, and he's pouting. Give me a break. And folks, I don't think you realize how much us missing our Monday episode really affected my partner over here. He was <laughs> dying when this news broke out. And the first thing he said, text me, was, I cannot believe we can't record tonight with this news. Quote, the gift that keeps on giving, and that is Martavis Bryant. He's playing himself out of Pittsburgh. Whether you know he wants out for sure, but he's it's not going to be the way he wants. They will not trade him. They will not trade him. They will do this to him and make him sit scout team and become a third or fourth wide receiver the rest of the year before they trade him uh, during the season. I can you can bank on that. He won't be traded. P um, P M T G. Poor man's Ted Ginn. Bang. <laughs> now listen, if you're a poor, if you're being called a poor man's Ted Ginn, then there's, there's really some problems there. Uh, let's go over to the Detroit side, Nick. <laughs> Lions coming off the bye, Matthew Stafford. The Steeler defense, believe it or not, uh, first against the pass, number one against the pass. A far cry from where they were last year. 
you know, if we remember them getting torched by Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game. So Matt Stafford at home against this all of a sudden stout secondary. They have a great defense, but they are going to be on the road, and being on the road changes things. I don't think the Steeler defense is going to shut down the Lions' offense. I think they're going to have a solid game, Steeler defense. So I think they'd be like, I think they're around like 10, 9, somewhere in there for your defensive plays. I think Stafford's fine. He's certainly a QB1. There's no problem with that. Abdullah, Riddick, I just traded Abdullah. I'm taking some heat from it from you. What would you, uh, where would you put these running backs? Is Zach Zander steal a goal line touchdown away from Abdullah? Where do you rank Abdullah? Is Riddick playable? Let me know. No, I, I and I get it. I, I understand that Abdullah is not the goal line back, and I've always touted that. But the difference is he's catching balls, and Theo Riddick is not. So I think they trust Abdullah. I think they want him to be the main guy. I think in PPR leagues, he's a very solid play. I don't think he's getting the ball at the goal line, but I don't know if they're running the ball against the steal as much at the goal line. So I could see him being the back of choice there inside the 10-yard line and possibly catching a touchdown. I like Abdullah. I think he's a solid RB too. He's only got 10 catches through six games, so I don't know how many catches, how many balls he's actually catching. Well, he's also, he's also had a much tougher schedule, and I know you think that the Steelers' defense is the second coming to the Steel Curtain in the 70s, no, but I, I think that's not be. even about that. I'm just saying, we're talking about 10, we're at 1.6 catches per game. I mean, Theo Riddick has more than 10. Let's go to the wide receivers. Golden Tate, I don't think he's coming back this week. He looks like he started practicing limited, but I don't think he's going to play. Marvin Jones obviously becomes the number one guy there. Wide receiver one, wide receiver two? Uh, tough against a Steeler defense. I'll keep Jones as a wide receiver too. The one I like is Kenny Galladay. I picked him up in the league. If Kenny Galladay's playing, Scott, he's going to be an issue, especially not with Golden Tate with Golden Tate not in there. So I think Galladay's a sneaky play. Listen, I do not think the Steelers come in here and push the Lions around and beat them like twenty-four to two. Like it's not going to happen. Okay? Oh no, I, I agree. I don't think so either. This is, this is a good. This is going to be a good game Sunday night. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be like a high teens, low twenties, low twenty scoring game, twenty-one eighteen. 24-17, something like that. So I think Stafford's good for two touchdowns, and you know they're not going to Eric Ebron. So maybe one to Abdullah and one to Galladay, something like that? No no more fells, or are we going to go fells no, again? No, I'm back. Come on. <laughs> I can't, please. No. All right. Uh, let's go to quarter three, my friend. Third quarter. All right, third quarter underway, my friend, and we will so AFC home games or AFC home game, maybe. I don't know. They're in London. Cleveland hosting the Vikings. This game is in London. We know hashtag weird stuff happens in London. We saw it last week. We've seen it all year long. So before we get into the players, you know what weird stuff's going to happen this week in London, my friend? Avoid anyone in this game who's not automatic. And I'll give you a quick definition. You don't even have to go through the players because there's not a lot of great players in this game. Here we go. Brown side. No one. You're not starting Isaiah Crowell. You're not starting Duke Johnson. This is a very tricky spot here. Vikings. Stefan Diggs, Scott, in your league, I have to play him because I have no one else, but I have to tell you, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think Adam Thielen is the safest one. Let's take it easy with Latavius Murray against a really good Cleveland run defense. I think Jarek McKinnon is a better play because he may catch balls out of the backfield better than Murray does, but I am staying away from anyone who's iffy. No Kyle Rudolph for me, Scott. My guy, David Njoku, I'm not playing him. I am staying away from everyone else because weird stuff happens in London. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm only playing people that I absolutely have to. And so that's why, to me, this game is a very, very interesting stay away game unless you have to play like a uh, like a, a Jarek McKinnon or, or Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen. Those are the only guys I'm playing here, man. What about the defenses? I would be comfortable with the Vikings. I think the Vikings are a safe, safe play, but I did rate them below the Ravens tonight, who, by the way, are doing well for me. <laughs> yeah, if you folks, if you haven't noticed, we haven't mentioned this Thursday night game at all. Well, because, you know, there's really nothing to mention. 26 nothing Ravens, they do have a defensive score. Had a boy. And the, and the Dolphins can't score, whether it's Jay Cutler or Matt Moore, so it doesn't matter. And Jay Ajayi, another non-factor week, my it's friend. It's really amazing. I've never seen, Scott, someone with more carries like that and do very, very little with. It's amazing, and the Dolphins had a good offensive line last week. Uh, Falcons, Scott, go to the Meadowlands. They're coming back for a second road game. First was at New England, now at the Jets. You know they need the game badly. So tell me on the offense, Matt Ryan, you're obviously starting him, yes? I am. I, I'm telling you, I think this is a game the Falcons have to show up and have to put up points. I, I respect what the Jets have done. I, I've i enjoyed actually watching the Jets. You know, uh, I really enjoyed the effort, the team, what they're doing. But the Falcons have to put up a 30 spot in this game, and they have to win this game comfortably. They, they need that, I think, for self-esteem on their part. They just got blitzed again by the Patriots. Uh, they lose to the Patriots again in that Super Bowl rematch. That really was from Jump Street, wasn't even close. The Falcons have to reestablish themselves, and it's got to it's got to start this week. So Matt Ryan's a start. I think Matt Ryan is two seventy five. He's two eighty, 
two touchdowns right around there. And I think Devontae Freeman, who you'll probably get to next, has a big game for the Falcons as well. I can't wait till we get to the picks because we're going head to head on this one. I think that the Falcons are soft. I think Steve Sarkissian could be fired after this game. Scott Freeman, obviously you're playing. Julio, you're playing. So if you like Atlanta, you're playing both of those. I'm more curious about Muhammad Sanu, Austin Hooper, and my favorite truther, Coleman. Um, I, I like. I have a feeling on Austin Hooper this week. I don't know why. I have a feeling he's due for a game that's going to be impactful. So I'm going to play Austin Hooper this week as a probably a number the 11, number 12 tight end. Just gets right there in the top 12. I think Hooper can contribute. Julio, like you said, you play. Yeah, Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I think Tevin Coleman you can play uh, as an RB two this week. I mean, you put Freeman as a one and Coleman's a two. I, I just this is just a, this is a gut feeling. That the Falcons have to show up and make it make a play, and I agree with you. I think the Falcons are soft. I think they've shown they're soft, but I think if they want to make sure that they are going to be one of these elite NFC teams, which you know, if you take away the Eagles, the NFC is pretty wide open. Uh, you know, there are some bad teams, but then there's a lot of teams fighting for spots. I think the Falcons need to kind of you know get themselves away from the rest of the group, and it has to start this week. So I just it's just a feeling I have that they're going to put up a lot of points. Jets, McCown, not a QB one. Now, I think he's a QB, too, but he's playable. I mean, I, I really do think he's playable because I think the Jets will get 14, 17 points, and I think it's going to be coming through the air. I think he'll, I think he's going to approach 300 yards, I mean, in this game because I think there'll be a lot of late tosses, and that's one, the same reason why I told you I like Curse and DFS. So, yeah, I think the Jets will get some action, get some points, but I think the Falcons will be clearly the better team. Scott Powell beat Forte in either format, standard or PPR? Now, I'm with you on the Forte thing. I think Forte, when he's healthy, can really cut into Powell's uh, Powell's ability to produce. So if they're both out there and they're both healthy, I'm going to lean Forte on both categories. You said you like Curse, so you're going to play him. ASJ, tight end one? Yeah, I'm Curse, Curse I'm playing, and Safarian Jenkins I'm playing as well. Yep. Chargers, New England. Patriots has beat the, the Falcons 23-7 last week. Now they get the Chargers, who are all of a sudden raging hot. Coming in with three wins in a row. The offense putting up a few points. Melvin Gordon's still not really getting going with the yards per carry. Didn't have a big game last week. But what do you think here about the Chargers coming cross-country now to face the Patriots? Can they do a better job of exposing that weak Patriot defense that now just lost Dante Hightower for the rest of the season? Uh, do a better job than the Falcons did last week. I believe in Belichick. I believe the defense is getting better, but the high tower loss is huge. I think that directly affects Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon has a very solid game here, especially with catches out of the backfield. Their run defense, the Patriots, has been pretty good. So again, he's not going to have a great yards per carry, but what else is new? It's been the way it is for three years. But I think he's going to be a solid RB1 play because he's going to get catches out of the backfield. What are the odds Philip Rivers outproduces Tom Brady this week? Zero. Okay. All right. Who's the Patriot running back to play? If you're looking at this right now, are you are you getting aboard the James White train or are you getting aboard the Deion Lewis train? Because I have a feeling you're starting to get off the Mike Gillisley train. Uh, no, I'm not off the Gillisley tra- train yet, Scott, because I like that he was getting the clock-killing carries in the fourth quarter, which means that Belichick trusts him. What is kill Gillisley is the Patriots' game script. They have not been up. If he fumbles again, he should be dropped in all formats. But, Scott, I would not be surprised if Gillisley got the goal line carry here because Belichick likes the hammer at the goal line. He is not going to go into the playoffs with Deion Lewis as his running back at the goal line because Deion Lewis is very fragile. So you're asking me who's going to have the most points out of the running backs? In PPR, and James, James White in standard is going to be Mike Gillisley. All right, I, I don't, I don't believe in Gillespie right now. Um, that's just personally, I think James White has got too many touches. I think Dan Lewis has been involved way too much. But the goal, if he, they get a goal line situation, yeah, he'll get that score. But outside of that, I don't think he's gonna get as many carries as he has in the past. Brandon Cooks versus Keenan Allen, who has the better game? Oh, that's a good one. I'm gonna go with Keenan Allen and PPR and standard. I like Allen better here. And give me the line on Gronkowski. He's scoring for sure. Uh, six seventy and a touchdown. And Hunter Henry, does he score? He doesn't score, but he gets a lot of yards. Uh, I think in ga- I think he's game script proof, Scott. He's one of these guys like Pierre Garçon. If they're going to win, he's got to be involved. If they're down big, he's going to be involved. So I think he's a top six tight end this week. And shine away from both defenses? Yeah, I, I don't want to touch you defense. I would have played the Patriots, I'll tell you that, if Dante Houtai was there. But no, I... I uh, not this is too much. I mean, it's the West Coast going East Coast at one o'clock again, which isn't great. Uh, you know, the the Chargers don't have a, a home field, but I, I just think there's better options. That's what all there is to it. All right. 
Next one, Scott, the Colts at the Bengals. I'm playing about seven Bengals in DFS. Okay, so let's start with the Colts. Is anyone playable on the Colts this week? Um, I, I kind of agree with you. Marlon Mack might be playable if you had to play him. Um, I think PPR for sure. I would maybe avoid stand, but PPR is playable. Yeah, I, I still have confidence in T.Y. Hilton. I do. I know the Bengals' defense is very good against the pass as well, but I mean, I, I mean, where else are they throwing the ball to? I mean, Moncrief is so feast to famine, like all these other, you know, guys like Jackson and Gid and so forth. So I think Hilton, you could draw it as a wide receiver too. And I, I have a gut feeling on Jack Doyle getting some catches this week. Um, it's just one of those things where I think he's going to get involved a little bit. But outside of that, no. I mean, I've Love what Brissett has done, but I would avoid Brissett at this point. I'll just go through the Bengals players, Scott, say yes or no, whether they are a, a respective top 12 play at their position. Andy Dalton. Yes. Joe Mixon. No. Giovanni Bernard. No. AJ Green. Yes. Tyler Croft. Yes. Anybody else worth playing? Brandon LaFell, wide receiver three? No. no. AJ Green has a big game here. 11 catches. Bengals defense? Um, yeah, I mean, season-long leagues, you can play them. I would avoid them, though, in DFS only because I think it's going to be a big-time chalk play. Burke, get a, a, a flagrant foul again? Yeah, I don't know. Just <laughs> you know, pick pick the offensive lineman he kicks in the face this week. I'm not sure who it's going to be. All but, right. uh, yeah, he's uh, he, there's something wrong with that guy. But <laughs> we, we, can have an entire pot, we can have an entire pot on the Bengals alone and their issues. But, you know, we'll do that maybe in the offseason when we break them down. Uh, Oakland going back on the East Coast again, traveling to Buffalo. The Raiders, I feel like, are on the East Coast every time they're playing these road games. I feel like they don't get one of these road games where it's local for them. So now Oakland goes to Buffalo. Derek Carr, is he a surefire QB1 this week? No, I'd avoid him. I'd be very careful with this. I think this is a tough spot. I know the Bills got lit up by Winston, Scott. They got lit up by Winston in garbage time because Winston was doing terribly for the first half of this game, and then he just got hot in the second half. McDermott's not going to let that happen again. I think you can easily start the receivers. I like Crabtree and Cooper, both to be, at worst, high-end wide receiver twos, but that doesn't mean Carr doesn't fumble, get an interception, and he's not chasing points at some point. So I would stay away from Carr this week. So after giving the referee a stone-cold stunner last week, Marshawn Lynch is suspended. So I went out and picked up DeAndre Washington. Would you have gone Washington or Jalen Richard? Neither. Who is the better play? Neither. Neither. I think they could give their goal line touches to Olazali. Uh, oh, I can't say his oh, name. That, that guy. All right. So it, that he, guy. Yeah, that I, I don't like either one. Touches. I don't like either one. I, I think the Bills have a good defense, especially at home, and I have no idea who's going to be the goal line guy, so I would have passed on all of them. So that monster 44-point effort from Amari Cooper last week, was that just a shot in the dark, or are we going to see better things now for Cooper? Who has a better game, Cooper or Crabtree? Uh, I'll go with Cooper and PPR. go with Crabtree and Standard. He likes Crabtree in the red zone. That's not going to change, but I think Cooper is back, and he's feeling confident. I, I don't, 44 points, no, but is he going to be a high-end, like I said, wide receiver too? Absolutely. Jared Cook, yes, no? No, I'm not a Jared Cook guy. Okay, Buffalo option. side. You like Tyrod Taylor. Where do you put Tyrod Taylor this week? Uh, QB8. QB8. All right. LaShawn McCoy is obviously an RB1 as Matt Moore throws another terrible interception. And a boy, more points for me. This is a pick six, a 40 burger for the Ravens. Oh, that's that's two touchdowns for me in big blue. It's a 40 to nothing Baltimore (laughs) as the Dolphins. Thank you for showing up, Mr. Matt Moore. Um, LaShawn McCoy, you're throwing out there. So you you like Jordan Matthews. well, yeah, hold on, Scott. What I mean by that is I like Jordan Matthews as a solid wide receiver play this week. I'm not telling you Jordan Matthews is going to be a wide. Here's the thing. Jordan Matthews will absolutely be a top 24 wide receiver lock. How about that? All right. That's that's where I'm going. And so Deontay Thompson, you don't like the 105 yards you got last week. You're going to say that's just um, that was just an admiration or can Deontay Thompson be involved in this passing game? I mean, I think we've seen Deontay Thompson. Isn't it Robert Woods? <laughs> so, I mean, he's up and down, right? I mean, I think this uh, is going to be down week. Nick, Nick O'Leary. Top 12 tight end, my friend. <laughs> and how about a defense in this game? If you had to play one, is it Buffalo at home? Oh, not even close. Oh, my goodness, yes. Top 12 yeah. defense for me, definitely. All right, then Monday night game, Scott. Give it to us. Broncos, Chiefs. The Broncos are reeling. And another one I was right about, CJ Anderson, obviously, really doing a fantastic job. Does he right the ship on the road at Kansas City? Hey, listen, CJ Anderson's still averaging four and a quarter per carry, so it's not like he's run, he's not he, he's not at Melvin Gordon territory as far as yards. Oh, that's per carry. an insult! All right, How dare friend. you compare CJ? Oh I my said goodness. a yards per carry, my friend. He's still going four and a quarter. Look, uh, you know, 
Le'Veon Bell tore up this Chiefs defense. Other running backs have had good games, except for, you know, uh, uh, so, some guys have had good games. I'm not saying Anderson's giving you Le'Veon Bell numbers, but I think Anderson's going to be an RB2. I'm not playing Trevor Simeon, so we can skip the quarterbacks. I put Anderson as RB2. Hey, what about De- uh, Demarius Thomas? Who's going to score first, Scott, a touchdown? Jay Ajayi or Demarius Thomas this year? Well, Ajayi's not scoring tonight, so I'm just <laughs> going to play the odds. <laughs> I'm going to go Demarius Thomas because I don't think anybody on the Dolphins is going to score. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go Demarius Thomas. I think Demarius Thomas scores this week, actually. Um, I actually tried to trade for him in a couple of leagues. who has been unsuccessful so far. A.J. Derby? Any shot for me? I like A.J. Derby. I, I know you like A.J. Derby. I think you picked him up like three leagues, and you're starting him in two of them, so... <laughs> Um, uh, not for me. Uh, AJ Derby's not for me. If uh, that's your flavor of the week, by all means, enjoy it, but not for me. Go over to the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, feast or famine this week? Uh, famine. Um, I, I agree. Tyreek when Hill. he's home, he's famine on the road. He's feast. Very good. And I think Tyreek Hill is famine. Um, I think Kareem Hunt bounces back with a little bit of a better game. I know the Denver's great against the run, but I think Kareem Hunt gets back going and he'll be involved a lot more in the passing game also. Uh, Travis Kelsey, is he ever going to go back to being a top two tight end at fantasy football? Yeah, I'm sure at some point he will. Um, but I think Kelsey will be all right this week. I wouldn't peg him in as a top three, uh, tight end this week. I would peg him maybe as a top seven, top eight, but he'll get some catches, uh, by default because outside of Tyreek Hill, you know, there's really not much else going on at the receiver position for Kansas City. Which just makes what Alex Smith has done, 15 touchdowns, no picks, even more astonishing, you know, with the lack of skill players he has on the outside. Scott's uh, Broncos defense, top 12 this week or no? Yeah, I like the Broncos defense this week. Um, I would put them in the top 12 defense for sure. All right, fourth quarter, let's hit the picks. All right, my quarter four, let's get it done. Picks. Last week I went three and one. After you said you'd crush me, uh, you went two and two. But you know when you only pick at four games, three and one, two and two, that means I crushed you, my friend. We're both thirteen and fifteen on the year. How about we set a goal so we both get over five hundred? How do? You, what do you think? Yeah, that work for you? Yeah, that's the goal. That's what I'm fighting for here. So yeah, sounds good. Now it's a even week, which means it's your turn to go first, my friend. So uh, get us going. Oh, this is super easy. This one is the first pick. Scott jumps off the chart here. It's just so obvious. Weird stuff happens in London. You're telling me that the Cleveland Browns are going to go 0-16. I don't buy it. They actually have a good run defense. Stephon Diggs may or may not play. We don't know yet. Case Keenum is still quarterback. There was a rumor, Scott, that Teddy Bridgewater could be starting this game. I did see that. I think Cleveland could win this game. I think this could be Cleveland's only win of the year. And you're giving me nine and a half points. Last time something like this happened, wasn't it the Jaguars? Weird stuff yeah. happens in London. I'll just take nine and a half with anybody. I had Cleveland written down as my my fifth pick, just in case you pick one of mine. So I guess my my saver pick, my uh, save me pick is out. So I'll have to look for another one. My first pick is Tampa Bay at home, giving two to Carolina. Um, I've said numerous times in the show how fake I think Carolina is. They've proved me wrong with a big game in New England, a lot of points, so forth. But Tampa Bay at two and four, I think is due for one of those big offensive games at home. I don't trust the Carolina secondary. You're only giving two points. I like Tampa Bay uh, minus two at home this week. Deshaun Watson's going to get his comeuppance. Seattle minus five and a half. I think Seattle's on a roll. I think Houston. How is this line only five and a half? They're coming off a bye, which means they'll be a little shaky. No Watt, no Merciless. Enough. Seattle minus five and a half. Well, I'm not going to waste any time because you hit that we're going to go head to head. So I'm going to lay it out there for now. I'm going to take the Falcons minus four and a half on the road against the Jets in a game where I think it's time for them to put their foot down and stamp their uh, name as one of the top teams in the NFC. If they don't do it this week, I don't know when they're going to do it. So Falcons minus four and a half against the Jets. This one also, I think, is very easy. Scott, I love taking interdivision games where the favorite is on the road. The Dallas Cowboys are going to Washington. Washington actually, I think, played fairly well. I was driving to Atlantic City when that game was on. I think Washington hung around in a real difficult venue. I think the Redskins are good. I think they're going to be able to run the ball on the Cowboys. They only have one wide receiver, and that's Des Bryant, and the defense has been pretty good for the Redskins. I'm going to get two points. I think Washington's going to win the game heads up. I don't think Ezekiel Elliott's running for another 150 yards. I think Dak Prescott's due to maybe get an interception there because he's been pretty good so far. Give me Washington at home with two. 
No, it's an absolute killer because I had watched the uh, paper. So I like to go in chronological order, game time order for my picks. I'll have to break that this week uh, as I'll give you my third pick. And that's a Sunday night game. It's my turn to jump on the bandwagon. I will take the Steelers on the road, giving two and a half to the Lions. I'm going to use your theory here that the teams after a bye come out sluggish. This game's at home, national TV. I think the Steelers are in a position where if they win this game, they can open up a nice, healthy lead in the AFC North. Steelers minus two and a half on the road. My last game I will go with, I know Hightower is not there, but I think the Patriots have righted the ship. I just don't like the Chargers on the road. I think the Patriots win by by at least double digits. So I will give New I'll have New England, I'll give the seven. New England minus seven. Scott, 30 to 20, it's it's good. The the Patriots offensive line has been very, very solid. I know Bosa, I know Ingram, but it is a one o'clock start in New England. They pass the ball. They're going to score. There's no doubt that they're going to score. So do I think Phillip Rivers can put up at least 24 points and keep this game close? Absolutely not. New England, minus seven. So for my on-the-fly fourth pick, I'm going to take... I'm going to take the Bears on the road getting nine in New Orleans. I think this is a high-scoring game. I think the Bears are a little bit better team than people say actually give them credit for. I know Trubisky's learning, but like you said earlier in the year, they they probably should have beat the Falcons. They've beaten the Steelers at home. They've beaten the Ravens on the road. The Saints have scored points, but I think the Bears have scored points too. This is probably a tough one to pick, but I will take the nine with the Bears. Give me the nine points, and the Bears keep it within a touchdown. And there are picks. Scott and I are head to head. We are we are tied here, so we're exactly tied going at each other. See how we're going to do. Of course, we have our Jordan Howard, Melvin Gordon bet. We have so many exciting things. And folks, if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes, give us a five star rating and a comment. We would appreciate it. We have the Twitter handle at PUT Blitz. You got Scott's Twitter handle at SCOT five five seven. On Sundays, we come on, of course, and we give advice around those. Two, one to two hours there right before game time. Myself at Randall Rant. You can come to the website at Randall Rant, R A N D L E. And also, Scott, we are on Facebook, aren't we? Yep. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, drop some comments. Same handle, P U T Blitz. Link directly to iTunes there as well. So if you like what you hear, you get the iTunes feed. You can go in and leave a review. You can leave a review on Facebook. You can give us a five star review on iTunes. Any support is greatly appreciated. We appreciate you guys listening. So, you know, anything you want to talk to us about, you want to leave us a comment, you got something you want addressed on air, you got a question, hit us up. We have no problem answering it on air as well. So, Facebook, we're all over the place, really getting uh, things cranking here as we uh, hit what essentially is the midway point of the fantasy season. Take away week 17. Most fantasy leagues don't play it. So, we are at the midway point of the 2017 fantasy football season, my friend. Crazy. Week 8 already. And Ravens, 40 nothing win because when in doubt, Scott, for fantasy, Thursday is out. Unless, of course, you're playing the Ravens defense, and then they're in. Which I was. All righty. Hey, Mike Riddle, he's back from AC. Wait till you see my DFS lineup, folks. Scott is going down this week. I may hit 200. I think the line is Burke minus 11. Sounds good. I'll take the 11 points. We'll see you, folks. 